What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I wanted to just throw this in in the beginning. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That really helps our numbers. Check out the merch store at brennantcomedy.com slash merch store to get your ex-drinking buddy merch. And if you really want to, subscribe on Patreon, patreon.com slash brennantassif. That really helps me out. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. Grab me a beer and grab him a coat. We about to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brandon Tassib is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the program, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, and then reminisce about those crazy stories. I am sober now, but it's still one of my favorite things to do, hang out with somebody and reminisce <laughs> about the crazy old days. Most weeks, I'll be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. All the way from New York City, Sam Kutchman. Should I cheer for myself? It feels appropriate. You yeah. can. All right. Yeah. That was my cheering for myself. <laughs> That was the enthusiasm you're getting. What's up? Oh, just uh, not much. Can't wait to talk to you. It's yeah, it's gonna time. be fun. We've been uh, we've had this in the works for a little while. Yeah, we met at Greenwich Village Comedy Club, and we've canceled six times since. So we made it. You've canceled six times. I did not. I'm kidding. Okay. I actually think you rescheduled over I me. Rescheduled just the for the record, one. everyone, it was not me. <laughs> we were. Um, this is probably one of my favorite things because I had Maggie Newton on, and uh, I can't not say her name without a Boston accent. That's and funny. Uh, I had her on because of the conversation we had mm-hmm. and I told her about this in the green room, as it were, when she was on stage talking about being sober and I looked at you and I go, oh, she's sober? And you went, eh. <laughs> What did she say? She laughed. She was like, <laughs> she's like, well, yeah. I mean, and then we talked about it obviously, but <clears throat> I love. Did she claim that she was sober for this? No, no, no. Okay. She, she was I'm very. I'm like, I don't want to. No, she was very open about okay. how she took a year off of drinking yeah. and like everything that kind of transpired Recovered. after that and before that. But I met you, her, and a few other comics that I've had on. That's the thing. It's weird because I love stand-up more than anything, mm-hmm. but I hate cutting clips of my stand-up to post. Cause, and, I, and the listeners know this because they've heard the episode, but me and – a few other like bigger comics were like huge, like J- Joe List and Derek Gaines. Like we were talking about this because they're just like, yeah, like I don't like that's for the the hour. That's mm-hmm. for my like the people who come to see that's me. That's what it used to be, at least. Yeah, that's what it used to be. And then it was funny because I was re-listening to the list episode. And he's like, I sound like a hundred year old man because <laughs> I'm like, no, back in the day, yeah. yeah. Because he, he was like, no, I saved that for a special. And he was talking to like a 20-something and they were like, what are you like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you put the clips out, you get a following and then that's what like that's how you sell tickets. Um, I would say that a result of the old school thinking in modern times, I won't name names, but there was just a big Netflix special released of someone who got famous based on crowd work clips yes. and no one actually liked the stand-up material. No, the stand-up Not was no one, but pretty bad. Yeah, but the crowd work clips- Did you watch it? I didn't bother, you know? Can I be honest with you? I shouldn't. Neither did I. <laughs> it was one of those things where everyone was talking about it and I had seen the first mm-hmm. special and I didn't really like it. Yeah. And I was like, and by didn't really like it, I was like, this isn't what we're doing. The funniest thing is that person tweeted out can people stop interrupting at my shows? And I was like, you did this. And also you got $30 million because you did this. So like, don't complain. But, and also it's like, this is, you are almost solely responsible for this. Yeah, in that's the beginning. so true. Like the virality and like the, the yeah. intentional shift to that. This yeah. was, this was your thing. Yeah. And then everyone started copying it because it went viral mm-hmm. and now you're upset about it's it. It's so true. And it's not, you're not even doing fucking stand up anyway. Yeah. Anyway, we, but to your point, like that is, how it shifted. And yeah. now I love doing the podcast and I love doing shows, obviously. But the one of the side benefits is I get to meet great comics and be like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? And then we'll just cut clips from there. Like You're just doing to... stand-up to get your pipeline for your podcast. Uh, you. you know. I see you. It's okay. I, that's almost how it feels because I'll have <laughs> friends who come into town and they're like, hey, can you get me on shows? I'm like, I can't get me on shows. So but like no. I will put you on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, if you want to come on. Hey, that happened with Cam Patterson and now yeah. he's like the biggest star ever. So fun. He, was, uh, he came through before he moved to Austin mm-hmm. and a friend was like, you got to have him on. And I was like, I don't know him. Like, it's a weird thing. Like, I don't like having people on that I've never met because it's like a weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just to see them at a show and like watch their stand up and go, oh, they're funny. Like, I'd love to have them on. 
Like going in blind is a weird thing. Yeah. And I had him on and it was a great episode. And then he moved to Austin and crushed Kill Tony. And now he's at like a million followers on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, I'll just cut those old clips up and we'll send those <laughs> out into the world now. I love how that's all of our measure of success too now. Like, no, they're, they're a big comic. Like they have X million followers. It's like, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's, it's just, we're all, but it, it is the business, you yeah. know, like there's a, an art part of it. And the business part of it is you got to get booked. And the people who are getting booked are the people who have followers. Yeah. And everything is just turned into a giant bringer. Yeah, I Club, think clubs I think are like, that, yeah, you can play our club. Can you bring yeah. a ton of people? It's like, yeah, look at my followers. I think like a lot of Hollywood has turned into that where like they won't even consider actors, which is crazy because it has nothing to do with your ability, right? Like It's so nuts to me because I put out the one man show and I was mm-hmm. really proud of it and I am very proud of it and like people who watch it almost universally say this is so powerful like I cried, like I didn't think this would move me the way it did and that makes me feel really good. But then when I talk to other people who have done one-person shows, it's the same thing I keep hearing, which is, oh, I put it out, but I already had a following, which is why it changed my career. Because I was like, oh, I'll put this out and it's very quality. I'll send it to like managers and bookers. But it's one of those things where they're like, yeah, this is great, but – Nobody's Who seen are it. you? Yeah. <laughs> and we don't care. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, but you just said it was good. Like, what is happening? But then they don't, they like, no one has to put marketing dollars into Taylor Swift. Yeah, like, She exactly. has her own marketing machine exactly. and scale down from there. Like. I just did a bonus episode about talking about Travis Kelsey because I waited on I could do before. the entire thing. I could, I'll, well, we can spend the next hour talking about the two of them. Really? Oh, are you God. a Swifty? Oh, Big time. And also I'm like, I'm obsessed with them together. I'm, I am so obsessed with them that I'm unironically watching football on Sundays Wow, alone. Like this is not, this is not like me going to hang out with pals at a bar. This is, I am on my couch watching football games, including playoff games that have nothing to do with the Chiefs. Like it has gotten very out of control. (laughs) Things have spiraled. And now I spend my Wednesday morning watching my favorite brain injured brothers on their podcast actually came out today because they recorded one in las vegas so it, it was a day behind Bowl, yeah. yeah haven't watched it that's yet. interesting i just did a bonus episode about how travis kelsey is kind of a dick oh is he yeah oh no yeah this is the no. response i get from swifties all the time no i don't believe it what do you mean a dick like in what way well yeah, i mean listeners you're gonna have to go subscribe on patreon to get yeah. the bonus episode but it was just one of those things – I don't want to spoil the whole thing. But it was one of those things where a lot of people are like, he's so nice. He's so nice. And I go, yeah, well, this is how he's acting on his podcast mm-hmm. or in front of the cameras. But it's my belief. And this is why I started doing the show. And I had to put it behind a paywall because at some points I talk shit about very oh. famous people I've waited on. Yeah. Because I've worked in nice restaurants for like a decade. I've been in restaurants for 20 years. That's such good gossip. And my whole thing is people will show you who they really are with how they treat people mm-hmm. who are there just to serve them. You think that's your thing? <laughs> well, I think that's a thing. Yeah. But like my idea for doing it was mm-hmm. that. It was like, oh, all these people think – you know, so-and-so is so cool, but I actually have personal experience mm-hmm. where it was my, my only job was to serve them and they right. were still assholes, which is like I'm – my job is to make you to happy you. Yeah. and you're being a dick. Like that doesn't make any sense. And then I've had other people like Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory, one of the sweetest people in the whole world. Henry Winkler, awesome. That makes sense too. Yeah. Channing Tatum, Zoe Kravitz came in on a date night. Ooh. I invited them to a bringer show. That was embarrassing. No yeah, I talk about it on stage, but I'm they really didn't go. No, they okay. didn't go. I'm really bad at boundaries. And as a server, <laughs> you can steer the conversation. Yeah. So they had said something about New York. And I was like, oh, I should check that out. I just moved here. Knowing that the next thing they would say is, What do you do? What brought you to oh. New York? And I go, Oh, I'm a comic. And then they're like, We love comedy. I was like, You yeah, should come to a show. And I think this is when I had like the industry room or something. And I was like, I have a show next Saturday. That is hilarious. And they were like, Oh, we're kind of busy. And I was Imagine like, nah, them totally sitting good. through a two and a half hour <laughs> <laughs> industry room show. They'd be like, What the fuck? <laughs> like, that is a hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's that's maybe like the worst case scenario of oh, if they actually God. showed up. You're so you shouldn't be embarrassed. You should feel so lucky they did not show up because the embarrassing thing would have been oh, them yeah. sitting through an industry room show because those shows are two hours something they, long they are they are an experience yeah it's uh but travis was just not he wasn't mean but he wasn't overly kind it was just it was like it was a respect thing is what it came down to mm. the lack of respect he had for everyone fascinating in the restaurant except him and his like teammates and coaches 
was mind blowing. Whoa! So again, it wasn't a mean thing, but it was just a. Uh, that's that's different than I would have expected. Like yeah. Taylor runs around the stadiums when she's there, like for his games, like handing out hundred dollar bills to. She'll be like, "Do you work here?" And then like just. And hand everything out cash. I've heard about Taylor is that she's super gracious and yeah, generous. Well, she'll yeah. like people come up and be like, like crying, like yeah. we love you. She's like, "Let's do a selfie." But also, that's her whole brand. Like her whole this empire is built on the fact that like. She has a billion dollars, and we're all still like, "Oh, like it's Taylor Swift." I know. Like, I heard. Like, you know, we love her. Like day. we're just. She's just like me. Everything's so relatable. She's it's like, a billionaire. Well, she's a billionaire with multiple private jets who just like jets around day to day between time zones with her entire like crew that works for her. Yeah, I, but she's a sweetheart. She's also all a marketing I, genius. Yes, and all I'm saying is that I I have no ill will, especially Jason. Jason's the nicest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, when when did you meet Travis? Uh, this was in 2018. So this Ooh. was Patrick Mahomes' okay. first year For, okay. um, as the starting quarterback. Okay, second year on the team. Yeah. yeah. God, you really have researched <laughs> this. so Holy fucking embarrassing. Shit. No, I haven't researched it. Like I just – yeah, I might be autistic. I'm five feet of worthless information and now a lot of that is football. You know, <laughs> like I have so much football information. Please tell me you say that on stage, five feet of worthless. No, I've never said that on stage. It's just how I pitch myself. It is my <laughs> – Description, and that's you know. The title of the episode. Perfect. I love that. I'm a um, human snapple cap. What do you want to know? <laughs> but yeah, so it was 2018, and not, I we gotta get off it. But uh, he's no, we don't. <laughs> Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame kind of a player. Everyone knows that he's fantastic. But it's just that thing where, and again, this is when they were like starting that run yeah. of like greatness, the dynasty. Yes. In the making. So I understand. And to be – because I was a Division One athlete, which is the highest oh. level you can play in okay, college. Okay, way to bury the lead. So I understand that to play football at that level, you have to have something more than what even the guys I played with had. Yeah. And that was a D1 football. And so I get all of that. But it's like you don't have to like – like I'll give you one little thing that happened and then I want the listeners to go and actually listen to the episode. Yeah, go pay. Um but like he walked in and had his hat on. This is when he was with his ex, the uh, very, very mm-hmm. pretty. Kayla? Yeah. Kayla um, Nicole? <laughs> this is insanity. Uh, but he walked in. She's on his arm. Had his sunglasses on. Did they seem hat. like they liked each other? Uh, well, this is the thing. He didn't seem like he liked anybody except his boys because they walked in um, still wearing the white. He was wearing a white blazer. Mm-hmm. And he would do things where he wouldn't. Like as the server, I'm like waiting for him to sit down and I'll take care of him. But he's kind of just walking around and he wouldn't address anyone that worked there. He would just be like, man, I'm thirsty. Somebody – can I get a water? Like just out into the ether. He'd be like, yo, let me get a water. Can I Can I get a water? Ooh. Which is fine. But no, it's also it's like – It's fine in a locker room you when you have equipment me manager. As, excuse me. Could I yeah. – could you grab me a water please? And I, you think excuse me is too big of a word for him? I don't know. I don't want to – no, I, I love that he's a little himbo, you know? He's he's just – there's nothing but himbo. football up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's very good at it. Oh, yeah. But – But also like – That's it. When you when you go out in public, like address – and that's the thing that bothers me is because when the cameras are on, he's smart enough to be like, action. Like, mm-hmm. I turn it on. But that's the thing that bothers me. And that's why I love doing this series is like, there's no cameras. It's just him and his teammates. Yeah. They feel comfortable. And it's my job to do that. But like if you're going to act like this, don't think there are no repercussions. Like this is the modern And the repercussions age. are you talking about it I'm behind talk your Patreon. talk shit behind a paywall. <laughs> like what are the repercussions? He's dating Taylor shit Swift. behind a paywall. And he's the most – he's like one of the most famous people in the world That's right true, now. That's true, but people need to know. People need to know. And one day I, I will blow up and that will yeah. come back. Except like maybe maybe he – maybe you met him on a bad day. That's true. And I, I – oh my god. I said that like 19 times and I was like, listen, because my girlfriend is a Swifty. A lot of her friends are Swifties. Mm-hmm. And whenever I bring this up, they have a similar reaction to you because they go, oh, we love Travis. We all – like no one – everyone's thrilled about it because it seems like he's treating her so well. Yeah. And I could expand on that. But like <laughs> if, he's, if he's not – that changes everyone's opinion of this. Like the reason everyone's like, we love it so much is because she's never had someone who is like actually this kind publicly. And I keep saying like, I hope he is this way privately. Yeah. But if he's not. It's, well, I played football it's, for a long time. Yeah. Kindness isn't the first thing that comes to mind when you think of them in relationships. Yeah. And I also, mean, how many times have we been in relationships where we're not ourselves for the first three months, six months, year? 
Yeah, I, I fell for one of those. I played the cool guy for like four years and then my- Four my, years? Well, with my ex, because I, I came from a, my ex-fiance and I had a very codependent relationship. Yeah. So when we broke up, four years passed, long story short, I get sober and then I started dating someone else- Obviously, I dated people in between, but like then I started like, and I was like, oh, I really like this person. And she was the complete opposite, super independent. Mm -hmm. Like, you do you, I'll do me. Like, we'll meet, you know, if we have time to get together, we will. And I was playing this person that wasn't me, where I was like, yeah, that's totally like, I got stuff going on. And then like, there would be times where I would text her and then I wouldn't hear back from her for like a day. Mm -hmm. And this is like when we started dating. but I had to play like, oh, yeah, I don't care. Like, go out with your friends. Who cares? Blah, blah, blah. And it ate me alive yeah. every single time it happened. Oh, but I had to play yeah. like, nah, it's cool. And then there's – You didn't, but you I didn't. <laughs> I, I tried so hard yeah. to do it. And there were times where I'd blow up and be like, how the fuck can you be out? How can you text me at like 8 o'clock like, hey, I'm going to go out after work and then not return any of my texts until, and then come stumbling home at 6 in the morning? Like that's not – That's not a relationship That's either. not okay. Yeah. But I was like – no, it's cool. Like you went out with your friends, mm-hmm. whatever. Like you don't have to report to me. I'm not your keeper. Yeah. But then in my head, I was like, I, I kind of want to be your keeper. <laughs> but let's talk about you. Plug sure. everything. We almost forgot. We're 10 minutes in. Plug everything, uh, I, all your social media, the whole thing. Um, my, my social media is just my name. Find me there. I'm Sam Kochman. It's not spelled how you think it is. Uh, K-O-C-H. Yep. M-A-N. M-A-N. You nailed it. Um, I've got it written right I here. have a great show. I don't, I don't know. Are your listeners in New York? What's going on here? Yeah, I've got uh, – out of the 7,500, I've got some in New York, some in Florida, and then some in California. Okay. If you're in Florida, uh, move. If you – Hey, you're from Florida. It's my Scarlet F. Don't bring that up here. Don't bring that up on the record. You would be surprised how often – I tell people I moved here from Florida and New Yorkers go, why? Yeah. Everyone's moving to Florida. Yeah, I get that. But that's really a tax response, not yes. people who hey, know what it is. when I moved here is, and they took 50% out of my- It's not 50%, but it is rough. It was, yeah, it was up It's there. certainly a high 35, <laughs> at least. At least. Yeah. Well, and especially because I started working at the restaurant in uh, the, the wintertime when our gross was, it's like stupid, mm. but we make like a third of our income in three months. Or in and two then months. you're tax withheld for and against then, that value. Yes. So I'm getting taxed as if I make two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, but it's just one yeah. of those things when you get your check and it says thirty five hundred gross yeah. and it's like sixteen hundred on the actual check, you're like, the fuck is going yeah. on? My first job out of college, I started working the end of July. In and New so, York? Uh no, in Seattle. Okay. So no state income tax either. But not crazy Floridians. Uh, but th- I remember that year for taxes, I got like a great refund. Never happened again. Um, I So I've talked to – I probably shouldn't put this on <laughs> record. But I've talked to like people I work with because last year I only got like $180 back. And I was like, that's – I think I, I did too. so much yeah. in taxes. And then I have a buddy who was like, I got a guy in the Bronx. He gets you at least 2500 back. And I was like, <laughs> Doing that sounds what? super illegal. Um, yeah. Like you got a boat, right? Have you done yours this year? Have you done yours this year? No, not yet. Me neither. But apparently there people are getting hit more this year because of the 20 – uh, 17 Trump tax bill. Oh, really? That was sunsetted to start basically taxing middle class this year. Oh, so, no. uh, yeah. You know, I did a lot of things. That's not terrible. People, I get that a lot. Thank the, you. The hands. It's you all the about hands. the hands. You know, I say oh, all the time. That's good. That's Thank pretty you. good. Uh, some say it's the best. Mm. We're coming for you, Shane. <laughs> Does anyone say it's the best? No, says it's the best. <laughs> Let's talk about you, though. Sure. So, you do comedy here in the city. I do comedy here in the city. How did you end up doing comedy here in the city? Uh, I was I lived in Seattle before I moved to New York uh, for a long four years. And don't go. A long weekend in the summer. Don't go for any longer. Um, I had a bad relationship that I fled the city from, essentially. <laughs> uh, I checked him into rehab and then I packed all my shit in four days and I, and I left. Um, we had already broken up when I brought him to yeah. rehab. I'm nice. Um, but I've been there. <laughs> you're like, it was actually me. She drove me to rehab. Um, <laughs> but then I moved to New York post-pandemic and I was like a shell of myself because- Where were you living in the, between that time? Oh, I went home to Florida for, oh, a few, you for home, like huh? seven months with my mom and it was lovely. I was in like basically acting like a retired person, <laughs> like playing tennis. Well, and- that was the- Like I had friends in obviously New York and LA doing this. 
you know, doing entertainment and stuff like that. So when the pandemic hit, I was still in, I was obviously was in Florida. I didn't move here till 21. We were supposed to move in 2020, but then obviously pandemic and that got scrubbed. So I would be on Zoom calls like with a podcast network that I was working with at the time and stuff. And they would be in New York and LA and they'd be like, no, we're still in lockdown. And I was like, really? I got to be at work and like, and I work in restaurants. I was like, I have to be at work at like five o'clock tonight. Yeah. We shut down in March. I tell people all the time, we shut down in March. I was back to work in July. So Seattle shut down. You were back in July? Yeah. Damn. Seattle July shut down. July 8th, I got a call and they were like, hey, you ready? Not me. Definitely not me. Seattle shut down two weeks ahead of the East Coast. Really? Because the first cases, if oh. you remember, were in that Kirkland nursing home yep. in Washington. Came from the other side, yeah. And that's when everyone was like, it's just the nursing home. It's just the nursing home. And then the first case outside of the nursing home was someone in my work building. Oh, my God. So, who had just been to China and back. And they were like, shut it down. And so, when that person got a positive test, I heard a rumor about it. And I like sent home my – I told my pregnant colleague, I was like, get the fuck out of here and don't come back. Yeah. And then I took all my stuff and left the office. And then they shut down – like it must have been either the end of February or like first couple days of March. Wow. But then I just spent two weeks panicking, like trying to tell my family, like, no, this is really happening. This like, is a you, real thing. You cannot fly from Florida to grandma and grandpa in New York right now. Like do, <laughs> Absolutely not, do not. not host a 90th birthday party right now. Like I'm begging you not to do this. Yeah. And they wouldn't cancel anything until it hit the New York Times. Wow. And then I was like, fuck you. Uh, I've been trying to tell I've been you. Trying to, well, that's the other thing, too, is I remember because I studied American history and political science. So, like, these end of days events. Yeah. And, I mean, Men in Black says it the best. The world's always ending. Like, it's always something. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, in a way. But, like, I the think... Cuban Missile Crisis, everyone's like, oh, this okay. is it. Nuclear war. You know, World War II, obviously. Everyone's like, this is it. The yeah. world's over. Like the, I mean, my family was certainly saying that, but that's because they were in Germany and we're Jewish. So, you know, <laughs> it was a bit of a, a different world-ending kind of vibe. But the world is always ending. Like, there's always something where you're like, this is it. This is going to – so I remember seeing on the news – the case is coming out in Wuhan. Yeah. And I remember watching the news going, oh, the news is going to blow this up because that's how they get ratings. But – because especially coming mm-hmm. from Florida, every hurricane, it's – this is the biggest hurricane okay. we've yeah, ever seen. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's always catastrophizing yeah. because that's what gets ratings. So I remember watching it and we can all roll our eyes and hindsight is twenty twenty after what happened. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing the first couple of cases and they're like, this is spreading at a, at a crazy rate or whatever. And I, I remember watching going, you know, they always say like, this is it. This mm-hmm. is it. And it never is. So I was like, I don't, I don't buy it. And then when the cases hit – the United States, I was like, what? oh, it's happening. <laughs> like, it's happening. I actually, I knew starting in like December of the previous year, I was working in a computers business at the time where all obviously everything was coming from Asia. All yeah. the fact, like I managed the, the accounts like Samsung and yeah, NVIDIA, like all of, all of the PC companies. And starting in, I think November, we were talking about it saying like, if this happens, like there's going to be a huge production backlog. People won't be able to go to work. Like they're saying it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah, At the end of 2019. And so I was like placing large bets on inventory in December, knowing that it was coming. So like I looked amazing by March, you know, like I looked fucking phenomenal by then. But I basically bought up inventory for a quarter ahead of time, knowing that this was probably happening. And so by the time it hit the US, I was like, oh, there it is. Yes. Like this is what we've been talking about. Yeah, because that was because especially I think the hurricane thing is the best analogy that I have to make it clear to people. Because growing up in Florida, it was always the end of days. Like like, category (laughs) four, it's going to destroy everything. Usually it destroys somewhere. It just doesn't destroy everywhere <laughs> it does break some stuff like i remember even matthew was really bad because uh, i Which never left i don't remember I, the names well so i never left for hurricanes uh, in fact i got my second dui during a hurricane Perfect. at a walmart parking lot in a walmart that's yeah that's tough i ran out of so <laughs> because the year before they my restaurant that i was working at didn't close yeah and the, we lost power and all the food went stale and we couldn't serve anybody so then fast forward a year there's another big category four coming so they're like we're going to get ahead of it. We'll close down because there was like people threatening to sue the company mm-hmm. because then they couldn't get home because the year before. Yeah. So they shut down for five days. By day two, I ran out of booze and I was like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> and now the hurricane's like barreling mm-hmm. down. So I just – but it's – for anyone who hasn't been in a hurricane, I've been in a lot. And unless you're at the wall, like the eye, the wall of the eye, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's, – it's bad. It's rainy and windy and you always lose power and it sucks. 
but it's not like this whole you can't go outside kind of a thing if you're a crazy okay. Floridian like sure. I am. So I drove to Walmart to get more booze. During the eye or like a No, no, no. Point? This is like a band. Okay, okay. Like it's literally just like raining. Okay. But yeah. everyone's freaking out. And I'm like, I've done this a million times. Yeah. Like this is You're not- You're so unfazed. I'm like, what are we doing? So I get to Walmart and they're like, no, we're closing. Category four hurricane, we're closing. And I was like, just let me- I'm drunk. I'm like, just let me run in and get my- <laughs> I know where it is. So they called the cops on you? They called the cops on me. No. The cops show up and she was like, you live a mile away, walk home. She goes, if you get in your car, I'm going to give you a DUI. And you wouldn't walk home. Well, I walked behind the store and I waited till she left. And I thought she left, left, and she didn't. She just went on the other side of the parking lot. I didn't see her. Got in my car as soon as I closed the door. Didn't even start the car. She knocked on the window. She's like, you're under oh, arrest for you driving. Can't be under behind the wheel. You're not even the, the – You can't be in the driver's seat. The law is you cannot have operational control of the vehicle, which – is left to interpretation. Up. Yeah. So. I guess the reason it's not left to interpretation, because imagine you like pulling off to the side of the road and being like, I'm not driving. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, well, and that's what a lot of people yeah. do. Or they'll like they'll leave the keys in the car, but then they'll like lay down and think like after ten minutes they're good and get up and drive. And it's like that's not how that works. No. Like you're not allowed. But that's how I, I honestly when I saw the news coming out, I was like It's just a hurricane. I was like, It's just a hurricane. this is yeah. just a hurricane. It's That's, just my whole family was the same way. Yeah. I just happened to be gang, gang, Florida represent. Yeah. Holy I just happened to be on the other side, you know? Yeah. So that happens. And then when did you end up moving? so then you go spend some time in Florida? Yeah. And then I moved to New York August of twenty twenty one. Oh, wow. So we were here like the same time. Yeah. Like, July of 2021. Oh, nice. Um, I was technically here in like June, July, but I was with my grandparents on Long Island. So oh, okay. I wasn't in the city That's until not, yeah. I wasn't like living in New That's York. It's like Florida light. Florida North. Yeah. Long Island. Um, yeah, exactly. I, you can't get away from it. As no. much as you don't like it, you can't get away from it. No. Yeah, I can't get away from any of it. Um, it's like your ex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with him, basically, I, I was in a very bad relationship. Turned, I later realized it was fully an abusive relationship. Um, and by the time I moved to New York, I was like, oh shit, I don't know anything about myself. I have no idea what I enjoy doing. Yeah. I don't know what, like, what should I be doing? You and don't know so, who Sam is. yeah, like one day I was like, oh, I'll try taking like a comedy writing class. And so I took a class. How did you? As a hobby. That's what I want to ask because this is something that I find fascinating with all of my guests. Yeah. Comedy itself is such a niche thing. Entertainment in general is kind of a – like most people look at it and they go, I don't even know how to start mm -hmm. that. So for you, you said you were trying to find yourself. So were you doing a lot of different things? Like were you like doing rock climbing an and activity. biking? And the, yeah, okay. sure. I yeah. was doing like a lot of different things but I was trying to like – see like a hobby beyond like exercising or like yeah. walking around or like whatever things I enjoy doing that aren't real. So you hobbies. stumbled upon a comedy and writing. So class. I like Googled it. I was like, I'll try like a stand up writing, like a comedy writing class. I took that and it was just a hobby, but that came with like a show at the end. Yeah. And so I did my first five minute set and I walked off stage and I was like, Oh fuck. Like mm, got to do that. Yeah. This is not a hobby. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in did that, you know anything about stand up prior? Like, were you listening to podcasts or did you watch stand up clips? I mean, or? I have like, I've always been fan, a fan of some comics. Yeah. Um, like, growing up, I have been a lifelong fan of Chelsea Handler forever. Yeah. Like, watched her show, watched Chelsea lately on E. Like, growing up as like a child, I was reading her books, like, young, probably too oh, wow. young. Um, so I was always like, comedy interested. I would watch SNL, but I never thought I could be part of that. Like, it never even crossed my mind okay, yeah. that I would be part of it. More like, Comedy is my coping mechanism and I enjoy comedy as entertainment, mm -hmm. not like I'm going to be a comic. Yeah, that was – I mean that was always the thing was – and I I mean I have to talk to my girlfriend now about it because she's a civilian. So a lot of times <laughs> – you know, she's a school teacher. So a lot Very of times different. things will happen. Yeah. Tragic things will happen and my knee-jerk reaction to cope with tragedy is to make a joke. Always. And that's what I do. It's And, I, and there was a couple times where I did it and she was like – shocked like genuinely like how could you say that and i was like i i did so we actually had to sit down and have a conversation because she's That's never dated bad. a comic so i'm like listen this is how i respond like when it's a, how a you cope yeah and when a doctor I, and i say it all the time and i say it in the one-man show but when i gave myself severe alcohol poisoning and was dying a doctor walked in and saw me awake and goes you shouldn't be alive right now and i looked him right in the eye and i go i've been training for this my whole life like <laughs> I, when faced Perfect. with death, I yeah. make a – like that's just how I cope with things. And it, it has been a massive adjustment. She's – Tracy's the best. She's like, okay, I get it. So now when I do it, she'll just kind of look at me and then just keep <laughs> going. 
you know, like how some audience members do, yeah. but like she's definitely become accustomed to it. But the first couple of times when you don't see that coming and you're not used to it, it yeah. can be startling. Um, one time I was in New York with my ex and we had to fly to another state because his dad needed like emergency surgery. He was fine. And um, we flew there. And as we're about to walk into the hospital room, meanwhile, I've had to sit on a flight across the country with this man chugging drinks the whole time, <laughs> sobbing in his seat in first oh, class aw. on a Delta flight. No, don't say aw. It's completely inappropriate. His dad was fine. Um, and <laughs> and <we laughs> so it's just like I was just, you know, I was a parent the whole time in yeah. retrospect. I've had, have you ever – I've had to do that with my – never mind. With your parents? Yeah. I, oh. I didn't say that. She said it. Oh, I, I – yeah. I've definitely just had there's to sometimes raise my where parents. You're like, What's happening right Not now? Not even sometimes. Like I had to give my mom a three-hour therapy session two weeks ago starting at 10 p.m. And then two days later, she called me and she was like, you know what? I thought about what you said. And I think you really fixed me. <laughs> and I was like, well, well that's that a one-way street, bitch, because you didn't fix me. <laughs> it's a highway and a bike path. I, I, I have the bit on stage about having the cool mom, but it's like, yeah, when you have to hold your mom's hair back – in your oh, dorm wow. room while yeah. she throws up in your dorm room toilet, you're like, there's something very backwards yeah, this about is tough. this. Yeah, my mom was also an alcoholic. Um, recovered. But on the flight. On the flight. I don't know. Walking into the hospital okay, room, yeah. basically, he stops me and he's like, don't do what you do. <laughs> and I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? And he said, don't go in there and start cracking jokes to try and make people feel better. And I said, so you think I'm funny? <laughs> <laughs> That's the most rewarding thing Yeah, is when – because I do the Trump thing a lot. Uh, when Tracy and I first started dating, <clears throat> she didn't even think about it, about the vaccine and the COVID thing and all that stuff. What do you mean think about it? I'm from Florida. You didn't get vaccinated? Uh, of course I did. You weren't going to? Whoa. Let's not get into it. Uh, I would take a dose a day that they could fucking blow dart into my neck <laughs> as a drive-by. I am like, give me every vaccine under the I, sun. So I obviously got vaccinated and then I got a booster and then I think I even got a second booster. Um, I'm still going. I got but, my most recent one in October with really? my flu shot. Oh, yeah. Wow. I'll do it forever. Well, I never got a flu shot. I was never a flu shot guy either. I, Give uh, me any vaccine. I'll take them all. So – but it was interesting because we had started dating. We had been like seeing each other mm -hmm. for like a month. So naturally, she's in love. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but it was, no, you're not. We were – we were <laughs> – the narcissism. Like it actually only takes account. like three days typically. So like a month is plenty of lead time. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so we're at our apartment and she says – and I was doing the Trump voice. I can't wait for 2024. Daddy's coming home. <sighs> Everybody can relax. And she – she again, we just started talking. She was like, what are you doing? Like did you vote for Trump? <laughs> I was like, that's none of your business. Did but you? as a comic, you can't stop the bit. No, but did you? So I'm like, that's you none did. of your business. You did. That's none of your business. <laughs> the lack of response is the fucking response. Did you uh, twice? I did not. Okay. That uh, I can – that's somewhat redeemable. I still um, – So – It still hurts me a little bit, but it's somewhat redeemable to not do it twice. I – so I'm doing the thing. Yeah. I didn't vote for him at all. That's the funniest thing. I didn't. You just didn't it vote. It says Democrat on my ID. So you don't have to vote for your party. No, I know that. But I'm saying like in the primaries, I vote for the, the – anyway. You don't vote in a primary. I didn't. I you, do vote. you? I'm studying oh. political science. I always okay. vote. The first thing I did when I moved to New York was register to vote in I my area. I'm still registered in Florida. Cut that out because it's a federal crime. So you come <laughs> at me. This is the problem yeah, with because, the liberals. Because you come at me sideways. I'm a fucking Florida voter. Like my New York vote doesn't count. come at me sideways and you don't even vote up here. Uh, no, I vote in Florida. And oh, you, you I, actually I have, do vote back I have home. for the 10 years that I have since I um, haven't had a primary residence since graduating oh, from so high school. Oh, so you just kept – Well, it's legal through college, yeah. right? Because that's still my primary residence. So I should stop talking about this. But um, <laughs> I I need to change it for this round. It's yeah. – I've hit – also, Florida's red now. Like my vote it's is not – It's almost completely Giving red. up that Palm Beach County swing vote though, that was – Duval just actually voted Democrat for the first time oh, wow. in like 40 years or oh, 60 yeah. years. Oh, yeah. It was like a big deal because Jacksonville's – Duval County is one of the biggest counties. What do you think of DeSantis? That fucking – I'm so upset about the whole situation because it Why? used to be not like not for the reasons you think. Actually, oh. I'm going to go the other okay. way. Plot twist as my uh, – it <laughs> used to be you're from Florida. You're a crazy person. Yeah. And that I could get with because I have a scar on my forehead from a fight I got into and I cut my <laughs> own face. 
I've been arrested eight times. I smoke Newport cigarettes. I am a crazy person. Yeah. I totally understand that. I get it. Bipolar too. Um, I've been diagnosed with. I am not mentally sane. Having said that, the stigma that now comes with Florida is not crazy. Now it's you're homophobic, you're racist, you're you know so transphobic. So pro life that you're stupid. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I I could get down with yeah. the crazy thing because yeah. I am crazy. Like that's you don't fine. want to ban books. Like <laughs> yeah. Florida man. Like ah, mm-hmm. but then. And I was actually – the reason I'm so heated about this is because I was just talking to a buddy of mine about this like the other day because he had made a jo- – I didn't get jury duty. And he goes, oh, what? Did you say you were from Florida and they knew you were a racist? And I was like, when the <laughs> fuck did this start? Um, I got jury duty in Florida last December. You just reminded me and I just never – never even responded. Oh, really? Do you think I'm going to get arrested? No, I got to okay. – you can like not go the first couple of times. I got a must serve though. So I showed up. But that was the thing was like – because of what DeSantis and the 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 yeah. um, legislation has done, banning books, don't say gay, like all this fucking terrible shit. It's now not oh you're from Florida, you're crazy. It's you're from Florida, you're transphobic, you're yeah. homophobic, you're racist. You're, you're a bad person. Like, yeah, yeah, and it's like I could get down with the crazy thing because I am crazy, but like this, I'm like you guys are yeah. fucking with everyone's shit now. Totally. And so I am against all of that. Yeah. Like what, I do you, just, what do you think of him dropping out of the race? I think he didn't have a fucking chance to begin with. I know. You think he was so happy to take off his high heels? <laughs> <laughs> you think he like ripped him off right after he just suspended the campaign? The room? Like classic night out, like take him off, toss him. Is that what you girls do? Feet land and you're like, ah, I don't know. I haven't worn fucking heels in years, but <laughs> it's like a pre-pandemic me. Um, but yeah, in theory, you're like, because you're... It's it feels different, and then when it's released, it's You're like tiptoeing. The enti- yeah, for yeah, for hours. I couldn't imagine. And like he just learned as a forty-something-year-old man how to walk in heels. You know, it's probably been a tough adjustment for him. As someone who's done a few drag shows, I can tell you, it is not fun to it's, walk in heels. It takes an adjustment. It does. Yeah, but I'm a natural athlete. I got it down. Like but that. yours weren't like custom fitted for your feet to make it look like you weren't wearing heels. No, and also he's special. But those are probably more comfortable than like trying. That's to That's what I mean. They're probably the, quite yeah, comfortable. Like a, yeah. Like a Nordstrom Rack brand of heels <laughs> that you got at the last minute. Because yeah. you're like, I got to fucking win this drag show. And because like no one else sells any large sizes that you can yeah. – Oh, it was bad. Yeah. Um, so you get – so you do the first show. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I'm doing this? Yeah. Did you adjust accordingly like your whole life? No. Okay. I just like signed up for another class and like started doing open oh, mics okay, and like okay, started like writing. Yeah. Um, And I would say for the past year – and a half, I've been actually trying to like. So, what happened with the Greenwich Village thing? Like, the, the, the like. Did how did you... I end up there? Yeah. Um, I got a industry room residency. Yeah. And a lot of those shows were at Greenwich, so I was like hanging around there. And then Eric started reaching out to me after that. Oh, that's awesome. Because yeah. that's the thing that I always try to like convey to the listeners is the the whole idea of. Because it's this weird thing where I, I'd been doing comedy for a long time and then I moved yeah. to New York. And the fatal flaw that I had was I was like, oh, I've been doing comedy over 10 years. I'll just hang at the stand in the cellar and then mm-hmm. they'll be like, hey, do you want to get up? And so I didn't hang at the smaller clubs, yeah. which was a huge detriment yeah. because then all these people are getting passed that are very funny. Right. And I'm looking around like, why am I not getting my shot? I'm and not it, past the Greenwich. And well, you yeah. know what I mean? Like doing yeah, shows yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, why am I not getting booked more at clubs? And people are like, because you're hanging out at the the Comedy most seller. famous club yeah. in the world. Like, yeah. who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. And I was like, it, it's oh, important yeah. for the future. I think. I think yeah. there's value in it. I don't because I have a t- hard time socializing as it is. I'm not going out of my way to do it more. But in theory, like to get past the seller, you need what two current two references. Yeah. So like if. If you're friends yeah. with all them and you're building other things outside of the cellar, that's like true. eventually that's great. It's not like it was a waste of time, but you're yeah, hanging right. around the cellar is not how you get past the cellar yeah. when you first move to New York. It's just but that and that was the thing yeah. was I was like I'll just hang at the stand in the cellar and mm-hmm. then someone and it has had its benefits. Like I go to the stand a lot to the point where the what you're talking about similarly where yeah. I'm not technically past there, but I am. If you Google me, Getting like booked, I yeah. am in the comedies thing and like doesn't I do that- get. Doesn't the, that mean you're past? The comedian's thing? Uh, no, because I'm not on the main page. Like, oh. if you go through the website, you can't find me. But if you Google oh. me, it comes <laughs> I up. I see, I you see. You can click the link and it'll yeah, be like, yeah. Stan Comedians, yeah. Brennan Tassif. Uh, but hopefully nobody there listens and they're like, oh, we have to fix that. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, down. that was uh, actually an accident. There was an oversight because he was on one show. <laughs> but I do go there enough to where like if someone doesn't show up or like – like especially in the summer when mm-hmm. a lot of people are gone, like the manager will come up and he'll be like, "Yo, you got? Can you host?" Yeah, and I'll be like, "I'm not." Pat-. He goes, "That's not what I asked." I said, "Can you host?" That's nice. So that's been really beneficial, but also it's one of those things where 
I have friends that I've met through open mics and stuff, and they're past at like three or four clubs. Yeah. And they're smaller clubs, but it's still like, yeah, but they're getting way more stage time than they're I am. They're getting multiple bookings yeah. in advance with yeah, the veils. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like spending $40 on pizza at the stand just to yeah. hang out. And it's like, well, who's really winning then? <laughs> you know I mean, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So for you, you did the industry room and then you started getting more spots. And then are you just, have you since then? Because you said you didn't make like a, a life adjustment, but yeah. since then, have you been like, oh, this is what I'm doing? Now? I would say it has been a slow transition, and hopefully by the summer, I will be making like a full time ish like shot at this. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Yeah, fucking, it's gonna be great. Giving up a corporate salary for comedy, what can go wrong? Nothing. Honestly, nothing because you. What's I mean, the salary if I jump out a window? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to use that as a clip, but we can't talk about dead ourselves. Oh, you can't? No. Oh. They do shadow band. Oh, okay. If I um, lean out a window, <laughs> <laughs> just to get some air, you know? Yeah, Feel the a- wind blowing in my face in a very dramatic way as if I were jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> as if I was going 225 miles an hour towards the ground. It's an interesting thing, too, because it's like um, – Ryan Thomas was telling me about this. He had a he was on the West Coast and he had a corporate job, really funny comic, friend of the show. And he was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I just saved and saved, but comedy is what I wanted to do. Yeah. So then I left and I moved to New York and I just did comedy. And in my head, I'm like, that that's what I'm talking about. Like I talk to people like my family and they're like, yeah, but you've wanted kids since you were like, I've wanted kids oh. since I was 12. So like since my parents got divorced, wow. I was like, oh, I want to have kids. Um I'm going to do this better. But I was like. Because <laughs> I can fix this. <laughs> uh, but like, so I'll talk to my twin sister and she's like, you've always talked you have about. a twin ha- sister? Yeah. Oh, wow. She's like, you've always talked about having a family. Like, you know, you can still like, you're only 35. Like you can leave all this comedy nonsense behind and like move back home and like start a family. And I'm mm. like, but I can't. You can't. It's like in, there's yeah. something. And I was talking about this with Malia. There's something like profound. Uh, that sounds no, it's, but it's it doesn't. It's a calling to a sense where like even when I even when I was drinking and like left the stage for a few years because I used to get drunk on stage and I was like when we I love that when I relapsed I what was could like, go wrong I'm not doing that again yeah so for three years because I couldn't get sober for three years I didn't touch a stage I still identify it as a comedian mm-hmm. like I still was like that's what I do and like right. I'm not doing it right now but that is who I am that's what so I will like, be doing yeah, yeah it's like I can't. If I stopped doing that, I would resent everybody. I also like – there's nothing else. I talked about this in therapy this morning, my third therapy session of the week. Um, (laughs) Everything's fine. We're doing great. We're doing great. Uh, We just lean out of windows, you know? I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It's all a joke. Um, It will wake you up though. I live on the 25th floor and there's no screen on my window and they open all the way. So there are some nights where I'm like, I'll open the window and I literally – I'll just lean – like all the like open like this. You don't have intrusive thoughts along with that. You're not oh, like. Oh, I. Yeah. You're not like Meh. Literally, the line on stage is you won't know about you don't know about intrusive thoughts till you live on the 25th floor. <laughs> and lean out and a window. the windows open up all the way. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's that's a pretty good indicator. Because I'm like. Yeah. You know, and I get like that weird feeling in my stomach where I was like, I am gonna jump. Don't jump. It's, it's jump. like it's more just like I I could. Yeah. Like what if I did? <laughs> like what? <laughs> so anyway, I was talking about with my therapist this morning that um. There, there's nothing else that puts me in a flow like comedy does mm. and there's nothing else that can shift my mood. Yeah. Like there's nothing else that every single time I do it, no matter how I feel walking into it, I walk out feeling better. Yeah. There's nothing else in my life that 100% of the time I feel better after it, including if like – even if I like don't do well. Like if I don't crush on stage, I still feel like better than when I went on oh, stage. Oh, yeah, because you did it. It's like it's a different state of mind. It's like a completely different. It's it's totally I and I say this all the time. I've had shows, and it's one show. It was my going away show mm-hmm. in Jacksonville. Rain Dogs, shout out to Rain Dogs. <laughs> and I invited everybody because it was like this is the last show I'm going to do, and then I'm moving, and everyone came out, friends from work, like everybody. In fact, it's the 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 set I was using to clip for the longest time okay. because it was like a 20 minute set, and I remember getting on stage and it was shaking. The stage itself was like. Like you could feel the vibrations. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, ah! and I was like, but to have, I get that same feeling, like the feeling of euphoria I had in that moment. I get that same feeling at a show with like with seven 10 people, people. Yeah. And you say a joke that you've been working on and kind of tweaking. And then a line will pop in your head as you're saying it. You say the line yep. and it hits. Yeah. And like that same, like, hundred yeah, percent. I did it. 
I fucking elicited a reaction out of not out of words, yep. out of the thin fucking air. I got all of you in unison to do this thing, which is laugh. And like it's you, you've so, got a real god complex around it that I don't think I have, but no, I but hear it's you. Like a, yeah. I say all the time, you know, it's we you, it is an energy thing. Like you yeah. are you you own the energy in the room when you're on stage. And it's the fucking And it is the fucking best. Ah. There's, there's nothing like it. I want to get to some stories with yeah. you since we've got about yeah, we got about 20 minutes left. Uh when did you first start so you grew up obviously in Florida? Yeah. Uh, were you a popular kid in school? Uh Yes and no. Like I was in a popular group. I was never like the person. Okay. And I would say like I wasn't cool, but I was in the cool group. Yeah. Got it. So did you go – when you were in high school, did you do a lot of partying and stuff like I that? I was a fucking nerd in high school, but I – maybe like 11th or 12th grade, I started drinking occasionally. And okay. every time I drank, I got like fucked up. When did know? that happen? Do you remember the first time? Uh, my friends and I all – um. Got drunk together for the first time. Okay. So it wasn't at like a – was it a party or was it like a uh, planned event of like we're we, going to do this? Yes. It was like we were all at this person's um, second home ranch and <laughs> – yes. It's I grew up in an insane place. Uh, and we all were like this is the night and we all got like fucked up. Everyone was like throwing up and popping <laughs> pans. Yes. I remember like waking up in the morning just being like, I'm going to get out of here. Like, how do I get home? Like, that I'm going to die. That anxiety that comes with the, the, Just the... like sweating yeah, oh, yeah. and nausea. I was probably still <laughs> yeah. drunk. I'm sure I was still drunk. I was like I've 15. Like, that's so often. Yeah. We were like, and because it does something with, I don't forget the chemical in your brain that affects your happiness. Or serotonin. Your, your serotonin. When you get drink way too much, it boosts your serotonin, but then it crashes your like dopam- super yeah, it also dopamine. Yeah, dopamine yeah. hits. Yeah. And so when you wake up, then like as someone me who has anxiety, like I have severe anxiety. Yep. So when I would wake up out of a blackout, it would be like it doesn't un- feel good. It's like unimaginable. Like yeah, throwing up, but not because because of anxiety, not because like and like, like what did I say? What did I do? What have I done? Out. What relationships did I ruin today? Like shaking. Yeah. yeah. So that happens, and then you said eleventh, twelfth grade. You guys would do that on occasion. Yeah, I they would definitely drink, yeah. and then I became less friendly with those people because I was like, I'm gonna, I, like, I was working hard. Yeah, I started Adderall in ninth grade. I okay. became like a huge nerd. Life kind of just clicked into place, you know. Adderall was that prescribed or was that? Yes, something it was you were- prescribed. <laughs> yeah, my whole family is ADHD, and honestly, probably autism, but only the ADHD is diagnosed so far. Yeah, well, I don't know after. Our rant on football. I think it's pretty. You're like, I actually diagnosed you. You're definitely autistic. That's the funniest shit ever. You're right. Um, until 2015, the DSM diagnostic criteria criteria did not allow both to be diagnosed. Oh, you, really? You had to choose had a to primary diagnosis, ADHD or autism. And now they're finding in early studies since then that probably like three quarters of people who have one have both. Yeah. So you are more likely than not to have both than you are to have one. Wow. That's nuts. So like it is more likely than not statistically that yeah. I have autism. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll We're see. just going to write it out. Keep playing it out, you know? So the ADHD thing, yeah. that was something your family was aware of? Yeah. Because that, that's the thing is I came from a – like my parents were from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. We're Eastern European by blood. So it was a lot of, and my, you know, we're second generation. We're like, my grandma's still been in the country 70 years. Tell us the thickest accent you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Like, I, whenever I go to see her, I, we speak a lot of, you know, we speak Serbian as much as we speak English. Wow. Um, and I still only know how to say like 10 things, <laughs> but it's the stuff that we talk about. Yeah. Like, do you want this? And then I say, do you want this problem. food? Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but, it's interesting to me because it was like, you don't go to doctors. We don't go to mm. doctors. Why are you crying? I'll give you something to cry about. Interesting. Like, like we don't, you that's, know what I mean? Like neglectful. You're, yeah. you're, but it was, it was a toughness thing and it was just sure. from the environment that it's just a toughness thing. People were raised in. I don't want to start throwing daggers, but it's not daggers. It's just, it's just a fact. <laughs> well, and it's just an interesting thing because I always thought I had such a hard time focusing. And I was like, if oh. I could just sit down and write this paper. I'd be good. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take Adderall until like my sophomore year in college when I bought it from a buddy. And I remember being in the computer lab, looking at other people who were like writing papers and studying, being like, have you guys tried Adderall? Have you guys tried Adderall? <laughs> this is like the greatest fucking thing. I am so hyper-focused. And they're have like, yeah, done? we're all on it yeah, actually. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, dude, like chill. <laughs> like, welcome. Like, I was like, this is the greatest thing. So 
I could imagine like as a freshman in high school, yeah. it's like you're putting everything into like overdrive. Oh, it, it yeah. It really kicked off an insanity in me that really hasn't stopped since. Oh, really? Of just like this drive of like I can do it all, perfectionism. Yeah. I Like I can, so I will. Um, but where, where do we start from here? So we were at ninth grade. You <laughs> start taking Adderall. Is my Adderall. Well? Uh, yeah. Eleventh grade, you start drinking. Drinking. And then where yeah. did you end up going to college? I went to UPenn. Second Ivy League person in a row. Really? Yeah. Wow. Malia went to Columbia. Wow. You know who also is a UPenn graduate? Who? Very funny comedian, Ben Frank. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. Uh, Benjamin you know, Franklin. Yeah. We have nothing but Ivy League. No, it's Ben just, Frank, the comic. I, I know, Frank, but I'm oh. saying Benjamin Franklin is also like the Quaker yeah. baseline of Penn. It's like Penn's- Isn't he the, the fucking mascot? It's, an, the, it's a Quaker, but yeah. like there's statues of him and quotes of him all over campus. So I thought you were making a, a Benjamin Franklin joke, but you no, weren't. No, so yeah. the Adderall helps. This yeah, is the a, Adderall. a promo for Adderall. The Adderall helps. The Wellbutrin helps. Wellbutrin. Uh, <laughs> God, I haven't heard of yeah. that since I went to rehab. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Well, welcome back. Um, <laughs> great drug. Another good upper. My heart rate's doing great. Um, in college, is that what you're going to ask me? Yeah. So yeah. when you get to college, are you like I'm drinking? Yeah, that's what that's where um, I'm by to go. Col- like by the time I made it to Penn, I was like, okay, I achieved what I set out to achieve. Yeah. So like I, I first was year, are you living in the dorms? Yeah. And then when you show up, since you were so hardworking in high school and stuff, but everyone was. When you show up, are you like, let's fucking go? Uh, yes, but but pretty much everyone was right. Yeah. It's a bunch of kids who have never gone wild and all like Never worked really hard to get to this place <laughs> and we all get there and we're like all right let's do it you know yeah and so like yeah it was definitely different from high school for me yeah was well, and this was an interesting uh, point malia brought up going to columbia was that when she got there and i wonder if it's the same at penn i would assume so there it was all smarter kit it was all of course but that's what I'm saying is like there was no like, oh, popular kids versus uh, – like it was all basically for lack of a better way to phrase it, all the nerds got it's together. a bunch of fucking nerds. And now they're just nerding out. Mm, there were still definitely like nerds who never left the library. Yeah. Who like I probably never met. There were 10,000 undergrads. Like I probably never met any of those people. And then there was like 30% of the school that was in Greek life. Okay. Who were probably arguably like the less nerdy nerds. But yeah. like we were all fucking nerds. But everyone yeah, at the end of, of the course. day is nerds. Just, except the athletes who I also never met. You know? I love it. <laughs> Even they had to be some level well, of Well, they have to be yeah. some level of – like I played sports with those kids because yeah. I went to an IB school. Right. So a lot of the – like uh, on a lot of the different teams, these kids were like, yeah, I'm going to yep. go play at fucking Harvard. And I'm like, fucking have it. <laughs> I'm going to Florida Atlantic, baby. <laughs> like, jokes on you uh, for Harvard, not yeah. you. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely a bunch of nerds who were like, yeah, let's fucking drink. And How I, like, does that go? Like when you first get there, like do you remember the – like? because this is why I asked is because I have such a vivid memory of showing up to college, putting my bag down. And then as soon as my uncle and my roommate's dad left, he looked at me and he was like, so you want to get high? Like I remember yeah, exactly how that happened. One. Yeah, Yeah. For just sure. showed up. I wasn't doing drugs okay. yet. Well, uh, the prescribed ones, but not. That doesn't count. That's not a drug. That's a medication. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the same thing. <laughs> if I give my Adderall to somebody. <laughs> oh, that's probably the greatest line I've ever heard on this show. Wow, what a fucking honor. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's not a drug. That's a medication. If I take it as prescribed or abuse it slightly, as long as I'm not snorting it, it's not a drug. You I know? was going to ask you. If I've never, never once, to that point. never once. Because why would I? I get the same fucking effect if I swallow it. Like, yeah, what's the true. point? I can wait. Oh my god, that was fantastic. <laughs> so you get to school, yeah, and you start drinking almost immediately. immediately. Now, when did what other? What's the next? Do you try any other substances? I guess is the question. I. I tried weed for the first time maybe the year before I got to college. Okay. And the summer before. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And, you know, everyone was like, you'll never get high the first time. You won't get high. You won't get high. And then I was like ripping a bong, being like, I don't, that's what everyone's passing around. I'm not going to get high. And I got so sick. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have, first of all, never been higher since. And second of all, like, I ended up no vision, no, like, completely disoriented, spinning. 
I oh just my God. naked in a shower with their actually fully clothed in a shower with the water running over me being like, I think I'm going to die. I think I'm going to die. I you think I'm going to die. You totally went over the deep oh, end. I mean, yeah, I, I was like hitting, ripping a bong at like 16 for no reason, you oh know? Oh my God. That's the same thing happened to, um, uh, I had Austin Sheridan on the show. Same thing. He like smoked way too much yeah. the first time and he was like taking was his clothes off because he's yeah. like there's something on it's, me it was there's just something like on so me. sick i like yeah. needed to be under the water i felt i was just like crying it was awful oh so God. then i was like i hate weed which yeah. then i didn't revisit until like sophomore year of um college when i started hooking up with my first drug dealer of college yeah and he he smoked weed because he dealt weed yeah and so i would occasionally smoke weed but it still wasn't something i was like into yeah until the end of college when I was like, oh, shit, I'm moving to Seattle. That sucks. I better smoke because what else am I going to do there? So you got a job right out of college? I got a job October of my senior year of college. Okay. So you were already all set. Yeah. The whole God, year. That's such a different – I love th- – this is one of the reasons I love the show is because that's – like so many people have so many – I love stories and so many people have so many different ways to where yeah. we got – like to that room in Greenwich Village, like doing the same thing that we right. both are incredibly passionate about. And we had such a different path mm-hmm. to get there. So this has always fascinated me. So like, are you doing internships or like, how oh, does, yeah. this is going to sound so fucking asinine. How does that work to get a job like right out of college? So I, yeah, I was doing internships every summer. I've never not worked. Like I, I've never taken a minute off since I was probably like, I don't, maybe my whole life. I yeah. don't even know. Like I was in organized Adderall camps and then basically, but also like I was one of four kids. So we were like always doing hey, me shit. Too. Really? Yeah. Where are you in the four? Uh, me and my twin are the youngest. I'm the youngest too. She's the baby because she's 30 minutes behind me. Mm. Did it? Did you I, get different treatment because she was 30 minutes behind you? No. Um, yeah. I say it all the time. My sisters were the favorite. My older, I wasn't the favorite. My older brother is probably the blackest of the black sheep, and okay. he's the one who went to Cornell. But I grew up in a Midwest family, so Wait, sports- that makes him a fucking loser. Yeah. Sports trumps athletic, <laughs> or athletics trumps yeah. education. So because I played Division One football, that was you kind win. of my saving yep. grace. Um, but then I became an alcoholic, and then everyone in my family was <laughs> mad because I openly talk about my sobriety, and they're kind of like, all right, back off. Like, okay. chill out. Uh, my older sister's far and away the favorite. Mm-hmm. She was the one who got the marketing degree and became an executive out of college and all that stuff. And then me and my twin sister, you know, they like us, they love us, but we're not. They're like, just we're my just parents kinda... were just done parenting by me. They were just I say like it all the they time. were they were yeah. over it. It was game over. Like it, they were just done. Oh, and... Well, and you're not because I'm a twin. It was one of those weird things where it's technically like having three generations yeah. but just two are in the same one yeah no not not me but you you were the fourth yeah on the way out oh yeah oh not even on the way out like they would leave me for weeks at a time <laughs> in high school i'm not even exaggerating they'd be like you got the 12 animals we have and you'll bring yourself to school and like get yourself to your standardized test and your sports and all right we'll see you in a month we'll see you in a month and like i never threw a party when i say i was a nerd like i was a fucking nerd like i would just take care of the house and like I, I basically was like managing a household and going to sweetheart. school. I was a loser <sighs> with like way too much responsibility for no reason. As someone who didn't I mean I didn't have a lot of responsibility but I also didn't have friends. Yeah. So I understand that like I would be like if everyone could leave and I'd just be like okay I guess I'm just gonna I just, yeah. play games video games and like go to bed. I was like I'll do homework all night. Yeah it's like I was like I had that same mentality though to the, to the extent of like I'm not gonna like call people over to party like i don't have like I'm what not, am i gonna why, do here yeah, yeah. I, so for you um the college thing you you end up like interning and then you have yeah. a job all lined up right after and then college. i like yeah i started interviewing i think i applied to a job in like august of my senior year of college <gasps> i thought i was going to law school so the job part was like let me yeah let did you me, take the lsat i did take the lsat did you get? i believe i got a one either a 169 or 171 oh, son of, i was routinely God, testing cut this me. out because i'm a loser but i was routinely testing practice testing getting 176 to 178 so when i landed at, in the low 170s i wasn't thrilled yeah that would um, piss me off yeah i got a 164 and i was that's stoked. awesome yeah that i mean that is a phenomenal score well, it is. To you. <laughs> I mean, well, and then I started. I didn't watching even go suits. to law school, so I, neither did I. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'll take a semester off," and then you know that yeah. turned into a, a lot longer. I started watching Suits, and then everyone's talking about like you need a one seventy one mm-hmm. to get into Harvard. And I'm like, "Fuck off!" Yeah, I got a one sixty four. That's a great score. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the I have a funny cocaine story for you. Actually, oh, quick one. It. First time I ever saw cocaine was freshman year of college. Yeah, I like walked into someone's bedroom 
or maybe it was it was sophomore year. I went a whole year without seeing cocaine. And then sophomore year, at the beginning of the year, I like walked into someone's room in a frat house and there was someone doing coke and I screamed. You screamed? I was, I was like so alarmed by the whole situation. I was like, <laughs> like what? And then, um, yeah, because I'm a nerd. And I was so panicked about it. And I didn't try it, I think, until two years later. The thing about me and cocaine is it does nothing to me. Oh, really? Because I take so much Adderall. Adderall, it doesn't affect it's you at all. It's the same. It literally just numbs my throat. I get yeah. no, I get no high. I don't, it's literally just money up my nose. Like it has God, no benefit. What a waste. That's what I used to feel the same way about drinking with Adderall. Oh. Because it was like, I'm not going to, like I'm either going to do Adderall or mm-hmm. I'm going to drink. Like I'm not going to drink because- my whole point of drinking was to get that effect, to, to, the, to get the effects of, you know, the frontal lobe, like kind of shut down. The depressive. And re- parts, yeah, yeah. Relaxing. So if I was taking Adderall, it would, I would have to drink and drink and drink and it still wouldn't do anything. And I was like, this is until you're blacked out, done, until, which yeah. is why I blacked out all of college. <laughs> so you, because you were taking your Adderall uh, constantly because I needed it to stay awake. Like, yeah. But then you would drink on it. And oh, then, every, always. So you would just go from functioning to lights out. Wow. Yeah. yeah day after day. <laughs> for a few champion, years Sam. yeah and and it was wild it was uh, an interesting decision of mine you know <laughs> i look back at that and i'm like what like yeah i would just like you know wake up in random people's beds not random but people not you, not intentional yeah uh, people you knew but not you didn't want to know yeah like there was a point where i was like <laughs> yeah sure whatever uh there was a point where <laughs> on any given day i was waking up in one of two beds of two best friends who lived on the same hall in the same frat house. Not intentionally. I wasn't intentionally hooking up with either of them. And I didn't go into any night being like, this is who I'm going home with. Yeah. I would wake up and be like, which sheets are these? Wow. Or be like, oh, there's a dog in here. That's this guy. Yeah. So that was a fun. And I just, I was like blacked out. I'm not saying it wasn't consensual. I'm sure I was consenting, but like, <laughs> but <laughs> that's how you know it's true. I'm sure I was consenting. Just like it, it, I would have hooked up with either of yeah. them, not black. No, out. I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, that that was so. Yeah, I would just go from like functioning to lights out, and I'd wake up and be like, "Oops, do it again Oops. tonight. <laughs> like same time tomorrow. Cool." <laughs> so, because obviously now, do you, you still you don't still drink like that? Obviously, oh no, no, yeah. but like I just grew out of it. Okay. Now I smoke, but I don't drink. Okay. So you don't really just drink at all? I, I will. I'm just like, it has no pull. Like yeah. I work in a wine business and I have tons of wine at home and I like stare at it all day and it has no pull for me. Yeah. That's – see, and that's a fascinating thing because we were talking about, you know, obviously you working with wines and stuff before you came in. So I was wondering if like you were still in that mindset of yeah. like, oh, I got to open up a whole bottle of wine. But you're just like, nah, I'm It right. just doesn't even – I would – Every single time I choose a joint over wine. Wow. A hundred percent of the time. See, and that was the thing. It was interesting you brought it up earlier about the getting so high the first time because I always was – Dare kind of worked on me about mm-hmm. drugs. Me too. Because when I first saw cocaine, I had the same – I had a visceral reaction. Yeah. I was a freshman in college and someone pulled it out and I was like, that's – You can't do that. That's like yeah. from the movies. Like that – people die over that. Like I'm an athlete. I can't be around that that's stuff. That's fair though. And then come to find out a lot of athletes were doing Everyone. That. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I was like, why do you hit so hard? And I was like, oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, but it was the same thing with weed where I was like, no, I don't – like when my – Sean Michael Murphy, the pirate, friend of the show, when he was like, do you want to get high? Or like, do you – like, let's get fucked up. And I was like, no, man, I'm more of a drinker. He goes, mm-hmm. well, let's go get a bottle of rum. And that was the thing was he was the smoker and I was the drinker. Mm-hmm. And the few times I would smoke with him, I was like, I don't like this at all. But like either was, you weren't smoking the right weed that's what I hear, or you yeah. were trying to keep up with him. Yeah. That's and that's we were like gravity bonks is like so the first time. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't do bad. that. Yeah. Bad. I always now if people are smoking with me, I'll always say, do not go hit for hit with me. Like yeah. you're welcome to have as much as you want, but don't think that we we're on the same pace. page yeah, here yeah. because we're not. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna feel this and you're I'm gonna a die. Machine. It's just it's not that I'm a machine, it's just that I'm smoking so much weed that I don't get very no, yeah, high. Exactly. You know? It's like me with drinking, where I was like, if you try to drink with me, you will you're gonna die. die. You you're die. gonna feel like shit. Yeah. yeah. Or like literally you, you might could quite die. literally die. Yeah, but like me at pretty much this size, like I could keep up with full size men in college. That's like awesome. that's how much I was drinking. Fuck yeah. Sure. I you mean, know. We're not proud of it. I didn't have to go to rehab, it? so like Yeah, right? I've been to two. So Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, Since my my ex uh, before we broke up when we were together during COVID. Yeah, his desk was in my or 
Yeah, in my bedroom. And my desk was in like the living room. Yeah. And one day I walk into his office, aka my bedroom, and he looked at me and he was like, oh, uh, I think I'm going to see Kim, his drug dealer. I think she's going to stop by today. And I said, what? And he's like, yeah, I just need I need some cocaine because like I think I'm going to start microdosing cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) And I laughed just like that. And I was like, "Uh, what? And he's like... Thank you. And and he's like, yeah, like I, I've been having trouble focusing at work and I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm mid pandemic lockdown with an alcoholic while this conversation is oh happening. Oh my God, that's insane. And, and I was like, uh, yeah, I don't think microdosing cocaine is a thing uh, because you can't dose cocaine. That's called um, a line. Doing cocaine. And and if you want to microdose it, I think that's called a key bump. Like, bump, I, I think that's a, that's not a dose. Like, that's, that's, that's a hilarious. small line. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't <laughs> love that answer. A small line. It's a, it's a small line. It's not a microdose. Um, he didn't love that answer. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. This was fun. This was fun. Plug everything one more time. Um, come see a uh, new money comedy show at Halyards the last Wednesday of every month. And uh, in Brooklyn. And Brooklyn. find me on social media at Sam Kochman. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'd love this to do it fun. again. Yeah, absolutely. All right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening at Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. BrennanTComedy.com. Check out the one-man show up on YouTube now, X Drinking Buddy, a comics look at life, near death, recovery, and redemption. And we'll talk to you all next week. That's it. Woohoo. Wow. How fun. <laughs> <laughs>